1: early afternoon episode of astros baseball we're going to give you some uh updates on spring training uh we got a spot of updates who's going to start the first game on saturday of course bregman and uh tucker are they ever going to get extensions the uh hitters got to see Hayter for the first time and then we got the brook gates stat of the show uh, everybody's here today, Steffi, Wally, and Ryan. How's it going, fellas? And ladies. Good. <laughs> I was good. Like, yeah, fellas. <laughs> and ladies. And ladies.
2: That
3: can be a pretty
1: general, you know, in yeah,
3: exactly.
1: A pretty
2: general <laughs> greeting.
3: Yeah, going pretty good. Just uh, you know, workday stuff. Took a lunch break for the show. So thrive in today. Thrive in. <laughs>
2: Yeah, doing pretty good here. Hitting it? Uh, the swelling on my lip has gone down, so, you know, I don't look too lopsided anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, we're glad to be here with you guys in our little early afternoon uh,
1: yeah. pod. It's early morning for me. It's true. I'll yeah, up Mr. Night I night Yep, got up an hour early. All right, so, let's get going. A spot of morning updates. I'm telling you this, folks. The more I see these uh, guys interview Joe Espada, the more I love him. I love how he just tells you like it is. Uh, He said Alvarez looked good in drills, and he will start playing earlier than he has in past springs. We'll get to see Jordan earlier. And also, he said JV played catch yesterday and feels good. I don't know you know, how good that progress is or whatever. But uh, he also said, I want Jeremy Pena to to come to the ballpark knowing where he's going to hit. And he also changed his batting stance. So we have all three of these. So uh, let's start with Steffi on this first question. What do you think about uh, the morning updates from Joe Espada?
3: Honestly, like you said, it's so nice to have a manager that is just very out there, very upfront with the things that are going on with the team. Definitely a different vibe from Dusty last year um, because HIPAA, you know, but uh, and granted, I love Dusty, love Dusty a ton, but um, it's definitely a different type of managerial style. And you're seeing that. And I'm sure for the guys, it's going to pay dividends in the ways that they're going to know what the game plan is and it's going to be all laid out on the table and it's going to take the pressure off of them to then have to answer questions too, if he's the one already giving those updates. So I love that. I'm excited about it. Um, and excited to hear, uh, everything going on in spring training already.
2: It's a refreshing, it's a refreshing take. Um, you know, again, like Steffi said, no, nothing against Dusty, but to not have to hear about stories from, you know, 1876 and, uh, you know, stories about HIPAA and dancing around. Um, it's it's refreshing to have a manager who comes out and says, this is what's happening. This is what we're working on. I'm uh, not going to stonewall, you know, the media and the fans uh, kind of just give them, give them what's going on. So, yeah, I love to hear that he's very specific in the things that he's that he's bringing to these morning meetings too. You know, I think that's really nice. It's not that fans are necessarily entitled to information, I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, "Oh, fans aren't entitled to anything." But to hear him come out and and address some of the concerns that fans may have, and you know, JV's throwing a bullpen session, and Pena, yes, he's going to look different when he's up there at the plate because he's working on different mechanics and. A lot of those things, and it's just really comforting um, and it gives the media something positive to write about as opposed to having to just make up stuff because they're not getting any information from the manager. So I love it. I think it's great.
4: I think it's interesting. You can tell a, a spot is new in his job. Yeah, you know, he's very upfront. He's very enthusiastic. He's letting everybody know what's going on and it's going to be interesting to see if he's this uh, candid. When they go to a three-game losing streak or lose four out of five, because everybody's happy and everybody's upbeat in the spring, and when when they start getting the real hard questions about why'd you do this and why'd you do that, also uh, saying we're going, uh, let's use Pena as an example. So you start Pena hitting second. Well, all of a sudden you come out Pena's hitting hitting seventh because he's at a two for seventeen. Well, that question should answer itself, but but he's got to be careful that he doesn't get himself. Uh, talking, talking against what he said earlier. It's hard to do. You know, there's a good reason he's doing it and we're not, and we're just talking about it.
1: (laughs) So the thing that I take out of this is uh, because in the next one, he also says something else similar to this, but I like how, what I had read when he first got hired is that, he wants everybody to know their role he wants he wants everyone to know you're my starting center fielder you're this you're my closer because he did the closer thing i think faster than any of us expected he did that right away and the thing with jeremy pena is and wally touched on it a bit is uh the guy was hitting all over the place so i think if he knows like i'm gonna hit in the seven hole every game or i'm gonna hit in the eight hole like he knows where he's going to be. He doesn't come to the game one day and he's hitting second, and then the next day he's hitting ninth, and then he's hitting seventh. I think for the players, it's it's a good thing to know where you're at, know who's ahead of you and and uh, who's behind you. But going on, keep going. I guess this could have been in the same topic, but he named Ronel Blanco the starter on Saturday, but he also said his primary players are going to play from the get go. So when you watch the first game Saturday, you don't, usually they don't even, you don't even see these guys. But he said they're going to play right away. So if you tune in Saturday, you're going to see Jordan. You're going to see Tucker, Bregman, out Altu- too. You're going to see everybody. Uh, what do you all think about that, getting to see the good guys from the get-go? Because he also said, we need to get better. They need to be ready for the season, so they need to play. Ryan?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it speaks to the health of the team honestly and that's amazing to be able to say that you've heard Bregman you've heard him say this about Jordan you know all of the guys are coming to camp feeling great and ready to ball and um, that's exciting to not have to think that you know Altuve is going to be sitting out and uh, it, you know it's just it's great and it goes back to our conversation the other night that there's not a lot of questions about positions and a lot a lot of questions about who's going to be you know looked at for a potential spot on this um, on this roster. And so I think that it's super exciting to know that the Astros are locked in. they're set right now and that these guys are coming into camp healthy and ready to roll and you know that man, man, just start to get into that routine early. and going back to our conversation the other day about a good spring training leads to a good season. Um, it's exciting to hear that these guys are healthy and ready to run.
4: Yeah, he he took special special uh, time to talk about Blanco last year doing his job at the end of the at the end of his his uh, morning wrap up. He you know, said Blanco did his job and did a good job. One thing he also talked about when we're talking about positions is someone uh, I think it was Chandler Rome asked him about first base and how first base was a little bit. You know, for lack of a better term, thin. You know, you've got Dubon, you've got Greg Kessinger, you've got Singleton. You know, the team is set, but if they're gonna go out and make a you know low grade move, wouldn't surprise me at all to see them to get somebody who can be a you know a true first baseman that can that that can uh, fill in for a Brayu. Because he talked about a Brayu getting more rest. He talked about his back being feels better, it sounds like his back, and he talked about him getting more rest days, getting, being more in the DH, you know, CJ Krohn's out there. I'm not saying CJ Krohn is the guy you go and go and get because he's kind of a one trick pony. But if you're looking for that type of a person who can come in and give, uh, they can give a you a break, that type of person might be someone out on the free agent market. They can go get and build that depth.
3: Yeah, I think I'm definitely excited to see the starters right off the get-go. And again, to Ryan and Wally's points, we, there's just not a lot of question marks this year, and that's exciting. Bringing back a team that you know was one win away from the World Series again, you know, it's it's incredible to see. So having that whole squad back, having them getting reps early getting in games right off the bat, I think is going to be really fun. And especially for the fans that are going to be out there, you know, the people who go in the beginning of spring training kind of know the deal. Usually they know like, okay, we're probably not going to see the big guys, but to see them right off the bat, I think is going to be not only exciting for the team, but for the fans that are out there too.
1: Yeah. I think it can only help get them ready. You
4: know, one thing, one thing you talked about and you say being one game last year, when you look at where the Astros have been since 2017, okay. I think in total, they are three games away from being being uh, in seven straight World Series. They lost four to two in two thousand eighteen. They lost four to three in two thousand twenty, and they lost. Well, so it'd be four games in seven years, and they would have been in seven straight World Series. That's pretty amazing.
2: To go back to Blanco real quick, um, if there's any guy that's that's on the fence. Right now, it's probably Ronel Blanco, and for him to get the first start probably sets him up to be seen a bit more during spring training, which probably is a little strategic on Espada's part. So it's, it's fun to see that uh, there's a little bit more thought behind some of this. Not that there wasn't before, but you can see Espada's gears turning and working by saying, hey, we're going to start Blanco and give him the first look probably gives him the most opportunity to get enough starts over the spring training and over camp so that they uh, are pretty sure whether or not he's he's a guy that's going to go up with the big club.
1: Yeah, when I saw uh, Ronel Blanco get the start for game one, I was like, I forgot about that guy. Like, this is another <laughs> guy that's, that's in the Brandon Belak type, uh, you know, escalon of pitchers. And I hope I said that right. And you know, and he's decent. When he get when he got called up, he goes up and he does a good job. Then he goes back down. Uh, so I forgot about that guy. But anyway, next up, Alex Bregman extension talk. They the these guys, I guess they're going to ask him about this every time they interview him. <laughs> but here's one thing I didn't expect him to say, though. He said, uh, "Well, I do expect him to say this," but he said, "I expect to have the best season." And I said this a while back ago, that he's coming in. He's not hurt. He's in a contract here. I think Alex Bregman is going to be amazing this year. Uh, he just got to get over that one little hump of starting out slow. But I think he spoke about that. It's like, I always come in with some kind of injury. You know, I'm recovering from a surgery or there's something going on. And then they asked him about uh, a contract. And he said, I'll let the team and Scott do that. You know, he's more focused on the season. And uh, they asked him if he's got an offer, and he said, no, not yet. He said, you know. Uh, What do you think about that, Wally?
4: It is what you expect him to say. Um, I hope he doesn't press because he's so intense. You know, the last two years when you get to June, he's been, you know, low 200s, 195 at one time last year. Um, I expect him to have a good year. Uh, you know, he's going to give it all. Um, there's not a whole lot that can be written that hadn't or said that hadn't been said already. It's, uh, they're going to get it done or they're not. Uh, he is the kind of player that I think that they can negotiate during the season. It's not going to keep him back because he's going to focus you. What do you think, Ryan?
2: Yeah. You know, I think mentally, I think Bregman's probably in a good place. Um, being a Boris client is really interesting to me for a guy like Bregman, <laughs> right? What I'd love to hear Bregman say is, I love Houston and I'd love to stay here and play. I would love I to hear that. that. The fact that we haven't heard that tells me that he's got Boris over here saying, we can go get That's you the bag, really dude. A good point. We can go get you the bag. Um, and yeah. for Bregman that's frustrating for me because looking at what Boris did to Juan Soto probably cost Juan Soto hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, he had Soto turn down a 440 million dollar contract because he thought that he could go out and get more. I don't think Soto's going to go out and get a 500 million dollar contract. I just mm-hmm. I just don't. I could be wrong, but it just concerns me for Bregman that he's got Boris doing this in his ear. And um, might potentially cost him being here long-term for a good deal, for a good bag of money, and playing for this Astros team for a long time, Um, you know, which leads into some of the comments about some of the comments that Tucker said. I, You know, I'd hate to say that I think Bregman's on his way out, but sometimes maybe the writing's on the wall, and as fans, we might just have to enjoy this last final season with Alex Bregman.
3: I think kind of to your point, Ryan, you know, he may have Boris in in his ear or it could even be one of those things where they don't want to put all their cards on the table. Maybe he does want to be here and maybe they don't want to have him outwardly say that because then they're going to try and get him for a hometown discount, you know. So it could even be something like that where, you know, you're kind of holding your cards close to the chest to make sure that you're going to get the best opportunity. best offer from the Astros that you can possibly get. Um but I think with Bregman, like you said, it seems like he's in a really great headspace. It seems like he's very focused. If he can get off hot, I could see him having a year like Carlos Correa did in his contract year where, you know, he's hitting on all cylinders and really just in it. Um and if we can get that Even if it does end up being his last year, I'm going to be pretty happy about it. You can't keep everybody. That's the unfortunate part of baseball. And we've kept a lot of them for quite some time already. So we've been lucky in having that core for as long as we have. So, you know, some people are going to go. And I think because I worked on the business side of it, I am a little less almost emotional about it than I used to be. I used to be, oh man, the day Hunter Pence left, tears, I, oh, you couldn't tell me anything that day because I was not. I was at
2: that game. (laughs) I was at that game. That was tough.
3: Oh, man. But yeah. So I think uh, after being on the business side of it, I've kind of learned, you know, you can't keep them all. You keep as many as you can. And you hope that whoever comes in to take their place is going to supplement it well.
4: One thing interesting is, you know, Boris, for the first time, it looks like he might be holding the bag on four guys. And he's played chicken with the teams, and you—he's—he's he's done this long enough that I'm not sure it would take it would it would be a big factor. But with Boris holding the bag on four guys, he doesn't want to be holding the bag on too many of these guys. And who knows what that does to affect the Bregman negotiations? If there's a if he can get a big deal out there and the money's right, maybe he just wants to get that thing tied up.
1: I think the positive thing about go.
4: Bregman's got to say he wants to be here, like Altuve did.
1: I think the positive thing to take out of what he said is uh, usually these guys that are in contract years, they're like, get it done in spring training because I'm not going to negotiate. He just said, we're going to let them take care of it. I'm going to focus on the season. He didn't like flat out say like, I'm not going to do it. They need to do it now or I'm not going to, you know, he he wasn't like that. So I think that's actually like a positive, uh, but I, you know, there's also the Kyle Tucker story. And Alex Bregman. They ask them both the same questions. So I can't remember which one of them said, I love being here. I think it was actually Tucker, uh, but we will get to that. So our boy, Josh Hader, threw 30 pitches, approximately 30 pitches, and he threw to Alex Bregman. He threw to JP3 with his new batting stance and John Singleton. Alex Bregman said, Hader looks great. John Singleton said, a lot different than what I expected. Seeing him on TV is different than seeing him <laughs> in the box. I wonder if Singleton says that to a, lot, love people, John. To a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and then JP3 said, I am glad he's on our team. Steph?
3: <laughs> I mean, you just get excited about Hader. I think it's going to be amazing having him on this crew this year. I know MLB posted about him. And so many comments just, you know, about him being really the best reliever in the game right now. And I think that's accurate. And to have him again joining a bullpen that was already so solid, I think is just going to be an amazing, an amazing thing for us this year. And I'm excited to see what he does. And, uh, but man, he was throwing heat. It was, it was fun. It was fun to watch.
2: He's throwing some good yeah. breaking pitches too.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, and if, and if, if you can get Hater better, like if that's a, even a thing, um, you know, there was video of him throwing <laughs> his bullpen session um, and he'd throw a pitch and he'd walk back behind the camera and look at the iPad with Josh Miller. And he, you know, you could see him. He's talking about gripping the ball and the spin and all. If you can make Josh Hater better because our pitching coaching staff is ridiculous, insane. Um, it's going to be something to have this guy here and now that he knows that he has a long-term deal which was one of the things that he said during interviews you know he's like before i was managing my time because i was waiting to get you know to get my long-term deal now that he's got this long-term deal you know what's the potential of this guy not just being the closer but coming in and throwing too any close, you know closers um man yeah watching some of that to, uh, some of that action in live BP is it's uh, it's exciting to have Hater here
1: for sure. you
2: yeah, listen listening
4: to Hater talk. Do y'all get the feeling that Hater wishes he'd never been traded?
1: Probably. He said he came yeah. here to win. Yep,
3: yep. Ah, oh, what a trade that was! I don't want to think yeah. about it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that everybody's got a dog, and that was Lunos.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everybody all right so let's go to kyle tucker this is our almost our final topic of the day folks uh he said that there have been extension talks that they have talked to him but he has no offer so i guess they're like hey we want to extend you but we haven't given you an offer yet he said uh like i said we're always open to have those conversations whether it happens now or later so I think he, where he's sitting, he understands. He has another year left after this, and Alex Bregman is probably the priority right now. Uh, He said obvious, but he did say obvious. I'd rather not prolong it. I don't want to prolong this. I'd rather get it over with. Uh, I look forward to the season and going on another World Series run. I think he said that we have the best. He thinks they have the best team. He thinks they're really good. He said he wants to work on his fielding make sure that he throws it to the right base make sure he throws it the right path. And also on his base running, he wants to be consistent at the plate and he doesn't want to chase. And he wants to do damage with his boy, Jordan damage incorporated. So I think it's cool that Tucker, he talked. they asked him about the extension. I think they asked him about his batting gloves, but I didn't get the end of that. Uh, but he's talking about an extension and he's talking about, I want to get better. I want to get better throwing. I want to get better stealing bases. It, it, this guy's a, a second team all MLB, and, and he just talks about getting better. That's pretty awesome. Ryan?
2: Yeah. What's not to love about Kyle Tucker? <laughs> um, obviously, it's it's great to hear that he's willing to say, yeah, we've had some talks, right? Um, and wanting to get it done sooner rather than later is very encouraging. I would have to think potentially that Kyle's brother Preston is maybe giving him a little nudge every so often saying, if you get a good one, take it. If you get a good one, take it. Because if you remember what happened to to Preston, he had $140, $150 million contract offered to him as an extension, um, and he didn't take it. And literally three weeks after he didn't take it was when he had his concussion and uh and hurt himself and uh he's still dribbling around in the in the minors now so he's never the um, same I, he's never the same and i have to think that Kyle is is he's in double a back of his mind yeah or yeah. is he's he really? really i i
1: i either went and saw the missions play and he was on the other team or maybe it was sugarland when i went to go yeah watch I, don't, Luke, I don't know, where, I don't know yeah, exactly
4: where he is he's done some overseas stuff
2: and then
1: yeah. i think he
4: played in korea mm-hmm.
2: didn't he I think so too. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah. you have to think that that's in the back of Kyle's mind, and thinking that you know, man, if if I don't have to prolong this, and I can get my guaranteed bag, yeah. um, I might just have to take it at, at first opportunity, and so um, that may open his mind a little bit more to to hearing out what the Astros have to offer if they're willing to come to the table. Which I've said it for years, Kyle Tucker, if he decides to stay, will be the longest and most expensive Astros contract ever written.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I think honestly, I almost felt like Tucker would be one of the first ones out the door. So to hear him saying all of this stuff is definitely super encouraging. It makes you excited to have him here long term. Um, and like you said, maybe Preston's kind of kind of giving him that advice and saying, hey, man, look, just if you want to stay here, if you want to win, like maybe this is the place to do it for the long haul. And I think, you know, again, you keep the core guys of Tucker Regman, Altuve, and if you can get Yordan to stay forever, you know, I'm not going to be mad about those four yeah. being lifelong Astros. But um but yeah, definitely interesting and it's also crazy to think that Preston is still, you know, kind of dabbling in the minors when, you know, he uh he was up there when I was first starting, you know, with the Astros in 2013. So, he's he's still kicking. Love that for him.
4: Well, you remember that, you remember the home run that Preston hit against the Angels in the eighth inning to to come when they had that big comeback when they were going on that first playoff season. And it's, it was huge. You know, one of the things, you hope Tucker, our family has a saying is, is don't get too cute. You know, there's, you see a number of football players to change sports who think they're about to get into the, get paid. And then they get that, they, they get that one knee injury and they're done. Uh, Both, both Bregman and Tucker are are saying just exactly what you would expect him to say. They're being positive. They're not saying too much, but they're not saying too little. It's clear they want to be here, but they don't want to they don't want to give anything away on the uh, on the negotiating table.
2: Yeah. You so know what you got to think about too. Oh. What, no, I'm sorry. Just one last thing. The Armageddon of 2026 is coming on these guys. And I think for both players and managers, it's a lot closer than some of us may appear to this new collective bargaining agreement that they're going to have to um you know negotiate uh, and the possibility of another lockout is there I think some of these guys might be a little anxious even owners which is why you know some of these Boris guys are still sitting at home unemployed right now I think that there's just a lot of anxiety really looking ahead the next few years to that um, and it might be playing in the minds of some of these players and their agents as to you know what they might decide to say yes to rather than gambling and trying to do something different that may not necessarily have been the case if this uh, CBA wasn't coming up.
1: My thoughts on Kyle think- Tucker staying here. If I was him, of course, you want to get paid. But why wouldn't? I would think that he wants to stay here. I would think Alex Bregman wants to stay here. I think they would like to get the money they feel like they deserve, but they want to get it here. You, you know, you've been to 7 straight ALCSs, you got Yordan, you got Altuve, you got JV. I mean, why would you want to leave? I think that I think that they're going to try to get their money here. I do. But you look at you look at our team, you know, we have superstars everywhere. You know, we had Correa, we had Springer, they're all gone. And we have Yordan. Okay, you have Altuve, you have Yordan, you have JV, you have all these people making, you know, 24 to $30 million. Everybody can't make that much. They can, and I've said this before, they can, but you can't have a whole team that makes that much because then Pena is going to come up. All these other people are going to come up, not come up, but, you know, get out of arbitration. And you just can't pay everybody. That's just the way it is. When you develop players and you have a great squad, you, they just can't stay together forever, and that's just the way it goes. Now, I have to the wonder what teams the the differential on what great.
4: teams are, no, uh, are paying playing payers are pl- paying players now very much could lead to the owners wanting a hard salary cap because one of the things that's been so good about the the teams adhering to some sort of a soft cap is. They haven't had a repeat winner since the Yankees uh, back in 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. And the, if you've got the Dodgers spending, you know, a billion dollars on on players in a weekend, you know, you can only have a good enough system and develop players well enough and, uh, to, to be competitive, but you can't win. And that's what everybody wants to do. Tampa Bay actually has a chance to win now. And if they don't have a chance to win, uh, it's, that's not good for the game.
2: Yeah. You know, I have to think if if and wonder if, uh, you know, we're we're that 10 to 12 year mark um, with Crane when he started this whole thing with Luna, you know, was this the long term plan was, hey, man, we're going to do what we can with all the development and staying below CBT and all of that stuff for that 10 years. And then I know I'm going to have to spend money. Right. Because of the lack of development in, uh, of the farm system the cherry picking of certain um, players that can come out of the farm system and replace these guys after a certain period of time, you kind of just run out of that. um, If you focus on one particular style of development. Right. And so I wonder if, you know, if they're having conversations with both Reggie and Tucker You know, Crane might be willing to go ahead and spend money because he hasn't for a long time. And I'm just kind of wondering, like, was this his plan all along was I know I can get to about that 10 or 12 year mark before I really have to start dumping some money into this thing um, just because of the pure fact of the way that we set this system up. This may be it. He may go after both of those guys, bring them in, and then, you know, you have the opportunity to kind of not start over again, because if you're signing those guys to long term deals, you're going to have a winning hand for a long time. Um, but you bring in a guy like Dana, who's a farm system master and, you know, you prepare yourself for 2030. Uh, this is, if this plays out that way, it'll be freaking amazing. Um, and it just goes to show that despite some of the crap that, that fans and people give crane about being cheap or some of the decisions that he made and not getting along with click. Um, the guy's masterful and he's done something here in Houston that has never been done before. And you could even say potentially that he's done something that's never been done in baseball was to take this team from what it was uh, to what it is now. So this is exciting. I I love seeing the in and outs and the nuances of some of these moves and um, let's go, (laughs) let's go. Yeah. I I think when you get, when you get to a player reaching 35 years old,
4: you're starting to get to that, that point where, you know, statistically, you know, even, you're you're going to see guys fall off. So I I don't see – he may go five years with Bregman to get him to 36. He certainly – I don't see him going farther than that. I think he can eat one year of a bad contract. And Bregman's enough of a player he'll be able to spot him. Uh, But, um, you know, I was surprised as far as craning and letting things go is is that he let – uh, Luno let the farm system go and get rid of the scouts. That was a big surprise to me. And, I, we're, and that's one thing we're kind of paying for now, not being able to develop a lot of players and, yeah. have, and have to pay guys like Bregman and, and, to a lesser extent, Tucker.
1: Yep. You know, like uh, the thing with – we lost Carlos Correa, all-star, shortstop, uh, great chemistry with the team, and then Pena came in and filled in perfectly – maybe not as good as Carlos Correa, but it's not like Carlos Correa was hitting 300 every season. Uh, so he filled in uh, just fine. So maybe there's an outfielder out there that can fill in for Tucker. He's not going to be where he could he be. Like Kyle Tucker was supposed to be good from day one. Like the expectations on this guy was always high.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: But I wanted to ask y'all something if you saw this. Did you see the interview? It just came to me right now. That interview with Anthony Rendon.
4: I haven't seen the interview. I've seen enough about it.
1: I've seen a little clip on it. Yes. And they asked him if baseball was his priority. He says, no, you know, my family and this and that, and then baseball. And he's like, so it's not your priority. He's like, it's my job. So, of course, it's it's my job. Of course, I'm going to do whatever. But I I didn't take anything negative about that. I, I think You know, he just said his family comes first, so, you know. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm torn, I guess. I mean, he's made his bag, right? So some people will say, well, if it's your job and that's how you provide for your family, it should be top priority. But he's already made his bag. Like, he's already signed the guaranteed contract. He's getting the money. You know, what sucks is that he didn't say, my priority is to fulfill my obligation for the money that I'm being paid. Um, I feel like maybe that would have been a saving grace for him in that whole interview and in that whole uh, conversation that he was having with the reporters, because, you know, coming out and saying, it's not my top priority, but my family and my faith is okay that I get it. Like I can, I can give you that one, but to come in here and say, this team is paying me. Um, and so, yes, it's a priority of mine to, you know, to live up to my side of, of the obligation, um you know i would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that from him but it was interesting he's getting a lot of yeah. he's getting a lot of flack for it
1: maybe it's cuz he's with he, the angels the,
2: the sad thing is boy
4: the mlb radio is ragging on the angels today boy that on on power alley oh, i don't right know times. if y'all heard it but they were they were all over the angels and it's true what what an awful organization um he could have said he could have shut everybody up and, with one sentence to say guys you know i know i've only paid played at most 58 games of a season since I've been here. My goal is to play 160 games and be the best player that I possibly can. Yeah. Okay. Then you take all the rest of that away, but you know, he didn't, he, he he made it to where he was just taking the bag, taking the bag and not really caring how his performance was. That's the way he came across.
3: I will say though, some people are just really awful interviewers and you see that with certain people that have social anxiety, you know, Some of these guys that maybe, you know, maybe they just don't know the right thing to say. And so they're saying the best thing to their ability to try and say, hey, like, yeah, like baseball is my job. I'm going to do my job. But some people just don't know how to say it right. You know, and people are going to pounce on that every chance they get. So, you know, I want to give grace just because I'm like, just because I know how to talk and I feel like I could (laughs) probably do a good interview. Doesn't mean everyone else has that skill. And baseball players are definitely no different.
4: Are you saying that Zach Greinke may have been Rendon's uh, interview coach? <laughs> hey, PR we don't guy. know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Side hustle. <laughs> the Zach Grinky uh, interview class.
4: If, if you ever get a chance to read the – there was an article in The Athletic last year. If, if you all don't get The Athletic, I highly recommend it. And they talked about all the players on, um, on the uh, Royals. At that time, and they all just said, Give me a Zach Grinky story. And it was just, it, <laughs> I it, read it that one. Funny. It
3: was incredible. Yeah,
4: funny beyond funny.
3: Like, what a great dude who just does <laughs> not know how to be social. And that's okay. And everyone loves him for it, you know? Oh, man. The story
4: about dogs and I miss cats. Him so and, you much. Know,
2: he doesn't like dogs or has cats or something like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> and the teams, the teams that he plays for, buys into it. You remember when oh, the 100%. Astros all dressed up in their fishing gear on that one? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think
3: my favorite Zach Granky moment was when guy. he went to sit with all of the cardboard cutouts in the stands. Yeah. And then the other day, where he was what doing yoga on the field during the middle of a game, was just like sitting on the floor outside yeah. the dugout. Oh man, I miss that guy. What yeah. a great dude.
1: He also had the uh the avocado what the guacamole story from uh yeah. Chipotle. <laughs> he's like guacamole used to be this much, now it's this much. Now I love the guacamole, but I'm not gonna get but the I'm guacamole. Not gonna buy it. Like he's crazy. <laughs> All right, folks, <laughs> it is time for the Brooks Gate stat of the show. I love giving this guy yes. of credit. I told him we're doing that we steal his material for the podcast, and he and he seemed very happy about it. So <laughs> This is the one I didn't saw today. A that, this is one that I saw today. And hopefully you didn't see it because we're going to play a little game. See if you can name these players. So his post today was consecutive years with a different starter on opening day at a position. So 17 years for 17 years. And it could be the same player like in different seasons, I believe. But 17 years. In a row, the Giants have had a different left fielder start opening day. Uh, right fielder for the, the for the Guardians for 12 years. Uh, White Sox, second baseman for 11 years. Uh, the White Sox, 10 years. The DH, left field for the Seattle Mariners, nine years. And then we get to the Astros, eight years in a row consecutively like it's the streak is still alive okay so they have had uh eight different people or eight different starters each year so let's start with steffi can you name one of the dhs uh in let me see it's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten, there's 12 years and it's eight different guys can you name one
3: was one of them lj hos? no no damn really thought one of them was. I'll let Ryan go. Ryan? Ryan, you're up.
2: Oh, man. Um, let me think. Let me you, can't say, you can't say Yordan. You can't you say Yordan. No. Well, I almost yeah, said
3: Yordan because right. that's an easy one. But <laughs> oh, I decided to try and challenge myself. Yeah. yeah. You, you done messed up. You were asleep when Wally sent that to the chat earlier. Yeah, Wasn't Wally apparently. who sent it?
2: Yeah. Who was it? Was it?
3: Wally sent okay. it to the chat
2: so what let me done. see
3: the graphic that you're talking about
2: yeah i, I just saw I, it i, thought, it, I it. thought i sent it did you send I, it who sent that
3: someone sent
4: it
2: so y'all do y'all? Do y'all i, I, y'all sent, know I that? sent it out
4: i just i didn't know that that was what he was gonna do
2: ah <laughs> okay so michael brantley came in as dh he started what was that
1: 21
2: 21 would have no, had 22. Been?
1: Yeah, last year was it? Last year was somebody different, and then Brantley was twenty-two.
2: Last year would have been Jordan.
1: Last year was not Jordan. Last year was not Jordan. Last year, okay. Was
2: well, Diaz. I said I said Brantley. Oh, was DS yeah. DS started the season at DH? Huh? That's
1: what it says. Okay.
3: Interesting.
1: So I'll just go ahead and Interesting. tell you.
3: Yeah, just you ever seen Seinfeld
1: where he's uh, where he gets the movie phone number, and the people ask him what what what's showing? He's like, "Why don't you just tell me what movie you want to watch?" So Diaz has to be Einer Diaz last year, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Brantley the year before that, Alvarez the year before that, and then Diaz the year before that, but it has a little mark. So maybe that's the other Diaz. Alledmis. That's a Ledmus a probably. Diaz. Yeah, yeah. A lead
2: miss Diaz. Yep, yep.
1: Before that, Tyler White. We're going down Tyler a, a journey, folks. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Okay. After, before that, Evan Gaddis. The year before that, that's right. Carlos Beltran. Before that, Preston Tucker, and then Gaddis again. Uh, Carter. Chris, mm-hmm. Carter. Chris
4: Carter, Chris Carter, yeah, Chris Carter, Chris yeah. Carter, and then Payne swing hard Swing hard in case you hit it.
3: <laughs> that was no, the just, Astros' motto back then.
4: I can't <laughs> that think was. of Payne's first Wait, name. That's that's the that's the
1: Joaquin Andujar school of hitting. The,
3: yes. the 2015 motto was, "Hey, let's just Here? see if we can get a home run." <laughs> Do
1: y'all know who the pain is that, from the? What year? That's 20, I don't know the year. Twenty. Let's see. No. I, I remember he, I mean, he's, he's, I think he's like on TV now.
4: Oh, oh.
3: Carlos, Car, Carlos Carlos Spena.
1: Spena. Carlos Yeah. Spena. So he, yeah. he okay. was like on the outs. Like he was, his career was almost over and he wasn't very good, but. So a lot of people started at DH. That's pretty crazy. Eight years, in, eight, eight years in a row. The Astros have had a different starter. And, uh, this year yeah. I expect, who do you, who do you expect it to be if, uh, if Yiner starts in left field. If everybody mean, starts where they're supposed to be. starts in left field. If
4: Jordan starts in left field, if Yiner yeah, starts gonna... in left field, you got to scoop. Um,
1: Did I say Yiner?
4: He said Yiner.
1: Yeah. Oh, Yordan. It's okay.
4: Oh, let's see.
1: I mean, it would have to be Chaz.
3: Yeah, I was thinking it would, Chaz. It would
1: have, it would
2: have to Probably. be Chaz.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Who yeah. else could it be?
2: Singleton, uh, I mean, maybe you could, yeah, or Caratini. I think I think Caratini gets some DH opportunities. They 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 like his contact bat, so I think that they're going to give him some some DH opportunities through the season for sure. I I still think, like we said earlier, is that there may be a minor
4: deal out there for a first baseman type because you know Singleton at the end of the last season, it's a good story to see him come back, but. You know, his numbers on their own don't say, I'm staying on the big – I'm guaranteed a spot on the big
2: team. I could see them giving Caratini some reps at first base and going out and getting the left-handed outfielder.
1: Yeah. Still. Dubon can start at DH. True. But then you won't have him to uh, play for someone if something happens. So, Yeah. Facts. All right, so it's time for Final Thoughts. I lost, did, I, did I lose my, <laughs> Did I drop them right there? All right. All right, Steph, do you have any final thoughts?
3: Oh, final thoughts? Uh, I'm excited to get out. We are two weeks away from me being at spring training. So hyped to get to see the team in action. Um, and, yeah, I think just really excited about hearing, you know, the Tucker excitement, Bregman feeling like he's ready to go and, and getting to see Josh Hader do his thing. So it's going to be a fun one.
2: You know, hearing Jordan come in and say I'm ahead of schedule um, after a couple of years of him starting the season off either injured or limping um, has me pumped, and I can't wait to see this guy come out of the gate this year. And I'm, um, you know, going to call it. I'm going to call it now. Jordan 2024 AL MVP. Uh, I think this is a season that. Uh, I think this is a season that if he comes out of the gate as healthy as he's talking that he is then uh, we're going to see it we're going to see a heck of a season out of jordan when you go into spring training
4: especially when you have a good team the first the one thing you want to avoid is injuries and the best thing that i've heard so far is yeah you've got a few nicks and nacks you know i think they're making a lot more of this thing of jv and and jp france than it needs to be but so far in the first week everybody seems to be healthy nobody is Nobody has has pulled muscles. You look at the Rangers. Josh Josh Young's out for three weeks. You know, it's no coincidence when Josh Young Young went out, the Rangers went in the tank. The so uh, if they can just keep everybody healthy, develop them at the pace they want to get, it's going to be a good season.
3: Also, real quick, speaking of JV, happy birthday to Justin Verlander. Yes.
4: That's right, happy forty-one. <laughs> oh. Did y'all hear? Um, did you all hear? Spada saying that Luke Berryhill sang a song, and they asked him if yes. if, if they asked if they if Berryhill sung it, J.B. Happy Birthday, and he said no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, um, I saw that story that someone had posted about Luke Berryhill, and then uh, I think McTaggart was talking was about tags, yeah. about his song or something, and then there was this dude. A troll of course it was like oh he's just playing music so he can get dfa'd and uh i'm like the dude's a non-roster invitee mr 2023 champ you know like you do even know anything he's a he's a non-roster invitee because they're of course he's gonna start in triple a he's not you know because they're like he's not even gonna bake the roster of, co- of course he knows that who <laughs> doesn't wear why do you think he's singing music? <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh Lord, Gotta he love will. It. He,
1: He's one of the people I expect to uh, put an Astros uniform on this year.
4: I hope so. I love
3: it.
1: I really Salazar do.
4: Salazar's falling off the face of the earth, though. Too, remember you got Salazar out there.
2: That was something.
1: That they don't even mention or that or guy. Shoot. I think he was just somebody because they didn't want to start burning people's. They didn't want to burn people. Yeah, I they, did, they didn't. They
4: didn't want to burn. They wanted didn't want to bring Lee up, and they said he wanted to.
2: Make him play every day, but
4: didn't you want to know, hurt people's
1: options, right? Yeah. Probably. Well,
2: that and they they knew that car they knew that Corey Lee was a trade piece. They didn't they didn't want to put miles on him. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to show what he couldn't do. Well, that yeah that and they wanted to keep him. You know, they yeah. wanted to keep reps on him down in in AAA. So understandable, but yeah, Salazar is something that never should <laughs> never should <have> happen. <laughs> He's hey, like the third,
1: the third string catcher of course you're not important all right that's it folks that's all we have i think the show went a little longer than i thought it would because we were cruising along and then it slowed down a bit but it was a good show once again the whole crew was here pod crew up hashtag pod crew but anyway for Steffi, wally and ryan thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on astros baseball